back to another Three Rings podcast. Um, last time we talked about the draft just in general. This time we're going to get to dive in, into the Pistons, kind of more of what we would like to like to talk about. Uh, Vinayak, how are we doing? We're doing pretty good. It's draft week. So, you know, the trade stuff, everything's riling up. Um, teams are finally getting like their workout final workouts in, finalizing their big boards and you know it's almost go time you know we're like today's monday thursday's the draft so an exciting time for sure yeah definitely um let's just dive right into it so pistons number one pick Cade cunningham right seems seems pretty obvious but from the reports that we're hearing maybe not but like how how much can we put how much stock can we put into that like all of these reports of like trade possibilities and stuff like that yeah no yeah for sure like uh so yesterday uh Jonathan Givno ESPN comes out with the report saying the Pistons Kate Cunningham is the favorite and he thinks that the Pistons are pretty much finalizing on Kate Cunningham but they also noted that um Troy Weaver is a big fan of Evan Mobley who hasn't worked out with the Pistons yet. Um, apparently, he's also turned down the Houston Rockets. So maybe that's an indication that he thinks he's going three to Cleveland. But Jalen Green has a strong desire to be the number one pick. So he actually scheduled, scheduled a workout with the Pistons in California and also in Detroit. So I do wonder if they're going to give uh, some thought to Jalen Green. Um, according to Kevin O'Connor, he dominated his workouts. He showed up, showed off his athleticism. He interviewed well. So I'm kind of interested to see how Troy, how Troy Weaver values that because this is the same person who, who saw Russell Westbrook come two hours early to a workout and decided to take him in the 2008 draft. So he definitely values these workouts and that could potentially be an indication they may go green, but so far I think everything's lining up towards Cade. What, how do you, what do you think towards it? Yeah, I mean, I think Cade should be the guy. Obviously, uh, we should put more stock into workouts, um, i.e. Donovan Mitchell uh, Mm -hmm. taking – I mean, the dude didn't miss a shot in his workout for the Pistons, and he was like, no way, they don't take me, and then they take Kennard. Um, So I think we should put a little bit of stock into these workouts, but at the same time – Kate Cunningham is not Luke Kennard. He is a different breed. Um, so I think, I think uh, if Jalen Green becomes a better player than Cade, so be it. But I think at this point in time, at, on Thursday night, you got you got to take Cade at number one. And I mean, I think the trade talks. Obviously, you want to talk a little bit about some of the trades and stuff but or like the trade possibilities but i think if they're getting a ton of offers and a lot of teams are looking to trade for cade i think that just shows you how good of a player he's gonna be and why you should keep the pick yeah for sure and like cade in general just like he's already falling in love with detroit or i don't know fall in love is the right word but he's interacted with the fans his brother is responding to dms he was at the tigers game uh, the cha- the fans were chanting, we want Cade. He was he had a media availability and he was shouting out Detroit and the city. I think he's kind of embraced it. And I think that's an important step moving forward. You know, you want players that want to play for Detroit. So hopefully Cade yeah. is the pick and it's a simple selection on Thursday for sure. Yeah. 
but but like we talked about last time like keeping keeping an open hand about like you know listening to every single possibility is is important but did you want to talk about uh one of a couple of the trade possibilities that caught your eye yeah for sure for kate yeah for not or just for the number one pick yeah so i think with the number one pick you know it requires a lot of value um like i think this is a different scenario than the markel Fultz uh situation in 2017. i have a hunch and i a feeling that boston may have known that Fultz was going to have injury problems or they may have like had some intel into that and it's why they traded that number one pick um so i don't think Cade in in this instance has injury there's nothing that we know of and i think he's i think his value and his ceiling is much higher than markel Fultz. although both the prospects were pretty complete coming in, coming into the draft. I do think Cade's like on another tier. So I definitely for Houston, it would start with number two, obviously number two would be involved. Then I think the Pistons will probably ask for their first round pick back, potentially one of their other first rounds, 23. And then even with that, I think the Pistons honestly should start demanding maybe unprotected first in the future. That's Houston's probably their most valuable asset. They're on their own unprotected first or another team's unprotected first. But um, even then, like, is it really, is it really worth it? You know, if the, if the Rockets are willing to go to that length, like you said, like, then do you, that just goes to showcase Cunningham's value. I think Houston though is like one of the few teams I think they can make an offer, but I'm not sure if the Pistons are even like interested. Yeah. And I mean, Houston does have two other picks in the first round this year. Uh, I want to say it's pick 19 and 20, uh, something like that. So you could definitely get a couple picks this year along with future first round picks to add on to pick number two. Um, I think an interesting one for me was also – Oklahoma City people are saying that Shea Gilgis Alexander uh, pick six and like a couple other things. I think Detroit gave, you know, an extra second or something like that to even it out. But I think I think that was an interesting one where you look at how well SGA has played and like how well he broke out uh, two years ago or like last season. But I mean, that that's pretty intriguing and probably the most intriguing, in my opinion. Um, but what what do you make of what do you make of that trade proposal? So I'm like a really big fan of SGA. I think honestly, if when you showed this to Thunder fans, they were like, hell no, absolutely not, because they value SGA so highly. And I definitely think he has the potential to be top 10, a top 10 player in this league. Like if you just look at his stats and his efficiency this past year, it was ridiculous. So if the Pistons were offered something like that, I think that would be, it would be kind of hard. I mean, it really depends on how you project Kate Cunningham. Do you see him as a hall of famer? I think if you see him reaching that hall of fame status, then, then I guess you won't make that trade. But if you see him just being like, uh, Chris Middleton, Jason Tatum, you know, the type of comps that you'll hear thrown out. I definitely think it's definitely worth considering because SGA is a, is a talent and found the Pistons that probably moves the needle. This um, one thing that's funny about it is both teams, like both fans rejected the trade, like 
when this trade SGA in like six, I believe was proposed, both fans like rejected that idea, but that just goes to show if both fans are unhappy. It's probably a good trade, but um, yeah, I, I don't know. That'd be, that would be interesting. I don't know if OKC offers that though, because I think they may value SGA pretty highly as they should. Yeah. Oh, and going back quickly, Houston has picks 23 and 24, not 19, 20. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, what, what to you would be like an, I, what to you would be an ideal trade, like from any team, like what, what would be a trade package that you can't say no to? Yeah, it, it can be, it can be super unrealistic even if if kate is worth that much yeah no i think that would probably go it would probably be with either houston or oklahoma city i don't think cleveland although cleveland's kind of intriguing um i don't know if sexton really like intrigues me that much maybe darius garland but i doubt they trade garland so from okc or no right let's start with houston from houston i'm expecting two I would want one of 23 or 24. I think that's a pretty valuable. This is a pretty, I wouldn't say like deep draft, but there's a lot of high upside guys. There's a lot of like players who have high ceilings. So definitely a pick there. I think the Pistons should get their own pick back. But I think honestly, if I'm the Pistons, I'm asking for their unprotected picks. I think Houston's own unprotected picks. I'm not sure if they can trade it in 2022 because it is like, there's a rule that you can't trade consecutive years. So maybe 23. I would ask for one of those. And I'm also asking for uh, Brooklyn's uh, pick that they've got from the trade. And I'm honestly asking for Brooklyn's um, one of their later years. Um, I'm under the impression that with Brooklyn, the Kyrie, KD, James Harden core is probably going to be done. I assume probably three, four years. Yeah. I, you want you want to get the uh, you want to get that Brooklyn pick once the team is the, maybe like they win their titles, they do whatever and they move on. My, my assumption is they would move on. And then Brooklyn is just back to being not as good like like lottery level i think a later brooklyn pick would be pretty valuable to the pistons but that's like what four five first i think that's honestly fair and that's just a result of the leverage pistons have and the same goes for okc something in this realm of five picks um i honestly though if i'm okc i think okc okc should try to trade up to three or two and then offer to the pistons for one i don't think I think the gap from one to six is way too large for me to accept something like six, eight, 16. I, I believe they have 16 and 18 and six. I, I don't think that gets the job. I think they have to move up. But yeah, no, what, what, would, what would you see if, uh, what would you say is a fair trade? You know, honestly, I, I would say probably like for, for Houston, for example, I would say probably give me Kevin Porter Jr. Mm -hmm. and Christian Wood for along with pick number two, and then probably two more unprotected picks um, next year. So 2022, and then probably like 2024, 2025, mm -hmm. um, something like that. So I would say three or four first round picks along with two like ready NBA players now. And then OKC, honestly, yeah, just SGA. And then, yeah, they got to give like they, – they probably have to give like four or five picks because mm -hmm. I do value Cade that highly. Mm -hmm. um, but obviously OKC, Troy Weaver um, coming from OKC, uh, Sam Presti has never 
you know, <laughs> he's always he's always thinking of trades. So he's never uh, not listened to a trade deal. So I think anything is possible, but I just don't see it happening in the end. Um, I, I trust Troy Weaver. He's probably one of the only GMs of like any team that like I, I trust or like the teams that I cheer for at least. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, but obviously enough, enough about pick one, the, the, the Pistons have more picks in this draft. Uh, they have 37, 42 and 52 all in the second round. But, um, as we saw last year in Troy Weaver's first year, he does have, um, a lot of it, he does make trades. So he traded up to get Isaiah Stewart in the first round. He also traded up to get Sadiq Bay. Um, he didn't, he kind of fleeced Houston last year with the, uh, uh, I think it was a Sadiq Bay trade where he, he had like a, he traded it for like a protected first that mm-hmm. is, it's just super protected. Um, that by the time they're good, uh, like they'll finally get rid of it. Um, but yeah, you do you see the Pistons trading back up to into the first round this year too? I definitely, I definitely think that's a possibility. Um, I would, I actually kind of want it to happen, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. Um, I think Troy Weaver is the kind of person to approach the draft where he has his guys, he sees the guys that. You know, he knows going to draft who he wants and he's going to move up or, or give up whatever it takes to get them. So for Sadiq Bay, he gave up four first round picks and Luke Kennard. And I think people at the time were like, you know, that's quite a bit of value for the 19th pick. But I mean, as it's played out, you won, you could probably make an argument that that's an OK trade because second round picks, they come and go. They're pretty easy to get. As we saw, we like got all of her seconds back and then. Luke Kennard got a big contract in, on the Clippers and Sadiq Bey on a rookie contract, basically providing what Kennard did for the Pistons. But um, I think, uh, honestly, they would have to couple probably picks 37, 42 and a player. And I think maybe like if you look at it, a uh, Josh Jackson, he's a potential candidate that could get traded. Um, he was the... Uh, reclamation project the hometown hero that came to the pistons and he honestly started the season pretty well but as the season kind of went on uh there was clear there was uh moments in the game where his like iq and his lack of awareness really like showed like he plays hard but you know there's sometimes you know he turns the ball over too much he's kind of he's pretty inefficient as a shooter so i think josh jackson could get traded i'm not sure if teams would value that and then another player i think would be seku dumbuya i think he's actually probably their most valuable trade asset in terms of moving up and could intrigue teams and they could maybe use him to get in like the 20 range because um while seku was a project player the flashes have been pretty minimal um he had a to be honest he had the quite he had a quite a disappointing second year season compared to expectations the first year was I'd say pretty good. He dunked on Tristan Thompson, you know, had a had some nice games against the Celtics and Nuggets. But in the second year, it was a lack of consistent playing time. Maybe he didn't spend enough time in the G League. That's why. But um, Seiko also wasn't a Troy Weaver player, right? Like Troy Weaver, um, the, well, Seiko was the only player that Troy Weaver, when he came to the roster, he kept. And something about his vibe to me just feels kind of off compared to the rest of the team. So I wouldn't be surprised if we traded into uh the first round using Seku, maybe pick up a player 
who's literally like Seiku, a project player. But yeah, no, for sure. What do, what would you do if you were uh, Troy with the second round? Yeah, I mean, I think it. I think it's kind of tough. And as weird as weird as this sounds, I think there's a lot fewer players to trade on this roster than there were uh, when Troy Weaver got there. And I mean, you look at you look at this roster, and yeah, their record was bad but like they if you watch them they were a lot more entertaining team to watch than than before but also i i think i think yeah josh jackson's probably um a trade piece i think seku is a solid trade trade piece i think they should have uh looked at contracts of guys like frank jackson who's now a free agent i believe um I think you could have got some value out of him just because just because he had a pretty decent season when they they uh, they got him. Uh, I also think Haminu Diallo. Uh, a lot of people think like the um, like to keep him, but I also think he could be a solid trade piece if they wanted to trade um, for for a player like in the first round, especially, especially like a, a fringe lottery, like anywhere between like 13 through like 16, 17, I think he would be a, a solid trade um, asset that people would accept the trade for. Um, do you want to talk about uh, Jeremy Grant there? I guess there's rumors that he'd be traded to golden state amongst others, but I mean, what, I mean, his trade value went up a lot. Obviously, he finished whatever second or third for most improved player. Um, but I also think, yeah, people like his uh, his value on the Pistons. But what, what do you make it? What do you make of that? Yeah, no, with Jeremy Grant, like with almost every single trade proposal I've like rejected, anything Bleacher Report proposes, I usually just say no. But the most recent trade from Bleach Report really got me thinking. And, like, I think if Jeremy Grant was okay with the trade, um, I would really consider I would consider doing it. Um, I know – so Grant came here. He came here for a black GM and a black coach. And he came to Detroit to get his uh, – you know, to get his own to be the number one option, which I completely respect, which is why I don't think, like, they should actively pursue trading Jeremy Grant at all. In fact, like, I think he has all of the say in this and they should just do it on his terms, whatever keeps him happy, because you definitely want to keep your reputation amongst free agents to be high. I don't want to trade someone who came willingly came to your organization. But this trade with Bleacher Report would give us the number seven pick, James Wiseman and Kelly Oubre Jr. And we would get uh, we would give up Jeremy Grant, Corey Joseph and the number 37 pick. And from the looks of it, like if let's say the seventh pick ends up being uh, Jonathan Kuminga, which looks like book night is going to, it looks like Kuminga is going to be the player that's going to be sliding on draft night. But if you end up with Kuminga and then you get James Wiseman, that's a pretty young core. Um, like if I list it off, you have Kay Cunningham, Killian Hayes, Sadiq Bey, Isaiah Stewart, Kuminga, and Isaiah Stewart. That's six, that's six players. Uh young players that have a lot of talent and potential to be great. My only really concern is that who are, who's going to hold them accountable. And you don't want to be in like an Orlando magic situation where you have like the magic have a bunch of talented players, Cole Anthony, Markel Fultz, RJ Hampton, um, who else? Jonathan Isaac. They have all these young players, but you know, you wonder if you get too many young players, like 
as their development, how is that going to affect the this? We saw this with like the process 76ers, bunch of young players just playing on the court, but without veteran leadership and the culture that was established throughout this year, um, I get kind of worried about like, where does that, does that hinder their development? But value-wise, it's a great trade for sure. Yeah, I mean, like Jeremy Grant, um, initially when we signed him, I think it was like three years, like 60-some-odd million dollars. Like we were signing him for like, you know, anywhere between, I forgot, I don't know the number exactly, but it was like anywhere between like 18 and 20-some-odd million. Um, And people were like questioning it. But obviously Troy Weaver knew him through Oklahoma City uh in the bubble he guarded Kawhi like the whole playoffs and um or like the whole playoff series that the Nuggets uh played and they ended up winning coming back from three win three one uh deficit um but yeah he really he really burst on the scene and I do think he likes uh the coaching staff here and he likes the foundation that and you know the the picture um that Troy Weaver sees in his head and like you know I think he I think he likes the future here and the potential that that the Pistons can be good but at the same time uh let's be let's be real like if Jeremy Grant's your second best player on on a team your team's probably not great especially if he's your best player um I think I think he would be a solid like number three guy or like you know he would be a great like number four option, but I don't think they're gonna be making any big splashes in free agency to go sign um, like a Chris Paul or like a Mike Conley, especially with Cade Cunningham probably going to us. Um, yeah, this this free agent class is not like that great outside of. Kawhi um so I don't know I think trading trading um him would be a solid option and something that you should seriously look at especially if you want to um probably have a chance have a shot to make the playoffs like the next three four years um and like you said Troy Weaver has guys that he already wants in his head so if you know Book Knight or Kaminga is one of those guys, he could make a trade at you know seven for it. Um, but yeah, um, so yeah, we talked about that. Um, who do you think would be like a solid guy to trade up for for them? Like just anywhere, like lottery, not in the lottery, but like let's say they trade up for the first in the first round. Where where do you think in the first round, uh, they they should trade, and uh, who do you think they should take, or like who's a player you like, um, out of the out of this draft class that you think the Pistons should take? Yeah, no, um, I think for this for like the first round picks, and I think for this draft in general, they should just be taking flyers. They don't really they're not really in a position to draft for fit because honestly, how Troy Weaver assembled the team last year, it was kind of just let's get let's get these players and let's just put them on the floor and let them let them figure it out. So that's why there were some growing pains. I think that's gonna be relevant with this draft class. So 
I think high upside players are definitely something they're looking at. Um, so I mentioned the last um, draft video, Zaire Williams. Um, if he's if he's falling on the boards, I definitely think that's something that the Pistons should, and I think they will consider someone. Someone else that's kind of interesting is Dayron Sharp from UNC. Um, we we have Isaiah Stewart and we do have Plumlee, which kind of makes me think okay maybe this is not a good pick but apparently Sharp's been like he's been shooting the lights out in his workouts which wasn't a thing um, when he was at UNC and he can pass the ball a little bit so I definitely think he is in he's definitely an intriguing piece but um yeah I think I think honestly these high upside guys are just what you go for I can also on this is like on the complete other end I can see them also making a trade for a Sadiq Bey type player the player that like I think is rising up and now I think I wouldn't be surprised if he goes 14 to Golden State is Trey Murphy um, out of Virginia. Solid 3 and D player. Um, if you look at his uh, shooting splits, I believe he had a 50-40-90 season, which is like that's when you know you're you're doing something right with your shooting and he can play defense. He's 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 good ladder, laterally, so he can he can move pretty well. So I definitely think that's uh something they consider. There are also some other players, maybe like Miles McBride uh, out of West Virginia. He's also he's a player who the analytics uh, love. A lot of analytics like them. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think uh, there's a lot of high upside guys. I think you should take chances on maybe JT Thor out of Auburn if you believe him. But we're in this position. We're not a good team. We shouldn't be drafting for fit. These high upside guys are what we what we need. And yeah, I think it'll be for one of those players because they are rising. Um, Williams uh, is rising. Trey Murphy on the opposite end is rising. So yeah, there's definitely options for sure. Yeah, I mean, I think I think uh, they they really I think they really need a solid uh, two guard to to go with Cade and Killian. Um, obviously Cade, you're you're drafting Cade to be the primary ball handler. If you draft Cade to play the two or the three and not be the primary ball handler he'll still be a good nba player but like the reason why he's going number one is for you know being a primary ball handler um and with his his vision and you know other attributes offensively um so i do think you need to go get like a two or three guy um i i i've said that i said this last podcast but i like keon johnson out of Tennessee, there's another dude out of Tennessee, Jaden Springer, mm-hmm. who's another combo guard. Who he's his stock has been falling. Um, I don't think he really tested that well, but he was he was pretty good when I watched Tennessee. Um, I like Moses Moody, so I think if they trade, if they if that Jeremy Grant trade like happens, like I think I would like to see them take Moses Moody at seven, but. Yeah, like you said, they ju- they should just be taking the best player available and taking uh taking high upside guys, um especially if they keep those second round picks, you know, guys guys from the G League like Isaiah Todd, Dacian Nix, like those guys were five star recruits out of high school. You should be ta- you should be taking those guys, yeah. um rather than like you know like a Luca Garza or something like that. <laughs> But, um, but yeah, uh, so yeah. So along with the draft, uh, we'll talk about Dwayne Casey. Uh, they extended him, which, you know, 
that it has its ups and downs, uh, pros and cons to that. Um, but along with that, they they hired a bunch of new assistants. Um, they hired some. Uh, they hired a dude from the Celtics. I forgot his name. They hired. I don't remember the names of these dudes, but they hired a dude from the Trailblazers. I think a couple of days ago, they yeah. also hired. Uh, they also hired John Beeline as a player, uh, player development, like a, like assistant to Troy Weaver. And yeah, John Beeline had his, uh, yeah, yeah, he had his day of reckoning in Cleveland (laughs) and was, uh, yeah, not really, uh, had anything good to talk about in Cleveland, but at U of M as an MSU fan, I will say he was, he was really good. He was a really good talent evaluator, um made two final fours and he didn't really get like the top recruits he didn't really get uh the best recruits there um he got like threes and like mid to low four star guys and turned them into pros so i mean i think he has a really good eye for talent um what do you make of these stats yeah no i think uh john beeline is a really interesting get for for the Pistons I think he's definitely needed um from what I've seen so far he's like working on his shooting on shooting with like players like uh players like Saban Lee uh Saban Lee is a player who's like very athletic but you know just can't shoot he has like a lot of other intangibles his IQ is pretty good he can control the game but he can't shoot so I definitely think for for Beeline that's a great that's a great that's a great thing for Lee to work with Beeline because Beeline has a history of helping people shoot but just in general with Dwayne Casey getting getting his extension um, in the beginning of the year, I think I, along with a lot of Pistons fans, were very frustrated with Dwayne Casey, um, mainly because of like Seiko Dumbuya not getting minutes and, you know, young guys not getting minutes. I remember one game specifically, it was literally just like the second game of the season. It was against the Cavaliers. It went into double overtime and I just remember just being so frustrated that it was like Derrick Rose and Blake Griffin, Jeremy Grant, Mason Plumley, DeLon Wright. They were just all on the floor. We're just like, where's Killian Hayes? Where's Sadiq Bay? You know, so that was kind of frustrating. But honestly, as the season went on and I realized I'm not an NBA coach for a reason, and I think a lot of a lot of fans realize they're not coached for a reason. You know, Coy Casey, I gave him I gave him credit. He did a really good job developing. And I think it is a smart way to bring players you know in general just to bring them on slowly bring them off the bench and then let them you know play their way into the starting lineup honestly you could maybe debate that's what they should have done with Killian Hayes but um I think as far as like development goes he's probably the best because it's it's not worth it to make a change for the sake of making a change and Dwayne Casey did a really good job in Toronto developing young players I mean the list like OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Lee. Sure, they're not in their like strides when Dwayne Casey was there, but he's he's part of the, he coached the bench mob or whatever they used to call it. And even Kyle Lowry and DeRozan developed under Casey. So my my thinking is they're gonna go with Dwayne Casey. They're gonna take him until maybe they're about ready to make the playoffs, or or maybe they've like made the playoffs a couple times and they've like gone out in the first or second round, and then maybe they look to upgrade. Um, because I do think in the playoffs, Dwayne Casey, that's when his flaws come out. But as far as developing talent, I think, honestly, Casey is as good as it gets. And, yeah, I've definitely gained more faith this season in Dwayne Casey than I had in years past. I don't know. How do you feel about Casey's coaching this season? Um, I mean, 
I thought I thought it was all right. He did he did what he could. Um, yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, absolutely logical to make a change at this point in time. So, so yeah. So why would you? Um, do you think some of the assistants? Uh, I've heard good things. I forgot to. I I just don't remember the names of the dudes. But the one dude that came from the Celtics, like Brad Stevens, really thought highly of him. Um, the dude that they just got from the Blazers has been around the league for a pretty long time. So uh, I think they got some decent coaches that have a lot of experience and they've heard a lot of good things about them. And I think that just goes into the player development because I think Dwayne Casey, when he um, was in Toronto, you know, like in his prime, at Toronto, uh, he wasn't really worried about player development as much as like he had like stars already with Lowry and DeRozan. Um, I mean, people will say like, yeah, Nick Nurse was like, you know, the mastermind behind everything, but Casey was still a head coach. So like he still made a lot of these like decisions ultimately. Um, but I do think he had a, a decent amount of help in Toronto, but I also think he, he's, he's, uh, he's been, he's been good, especially with like Sadiq Bay where he's, he's definitely, uh, surprised a lot of people, obviously being a first team all rookie. And I think Isaiah Stewart too, definitely surprised a lot of people. I think the roles that they, he played, he played them in last year, uh, especially down the, down uh, towards the end of the season, even though they were tanking, were you know the roles that they could that that they like went into gradually. They didn't just he didn't just throw them into the fire like the first season, the first game of the season. Be like, okay, here you got here, play twenty five minutes against you know like some all star. Like he he gradually put them in, and by the end of the season they were getting like 20, 25 minutes a game and they were getting like meaningful run. They weren't getting, you know, like garbage time and stuff and they were playing well and they were playing productive. All right. Um, so now we're going to switch it over a little bit to just the general NBA. Um, so there's been a lot of trade rumors obviously coming up. Uh, the Sixers, the Trailblazers, um, want to move or, you know, the Sixers have been looking to move Ben Simmons. Obviously, uh, reports have been saying that Dame wants out of Portland. So, uh, what, what do you make of these? Like, what, what are, what are some big trades that you see or like potentially see, um, in the near future, maybe even on trade or, no, maybe even on draft night. For the Sixers, uh, let's be real. I think Ben Simmons, um, as good as he may be in the other facets of his game, the you can't ignore just like the inability to shoot or just like the lack of confidence. I don't even think people are like frustrated with the fact that he's not a good sh- shooter. They're just frustrated with he just doesn't like he lacks all confidence with a shot. Um, a lot of people point to that in point in game seven um, where he had an open dunk and then he passed it to Thibault. And I believe Thibault like either like missed the, the ensuing free throws or went 
made one, missed one. But that was just like kind of sums up Ben Simmons. And I do think his time in the time and like his time in the Sixers, honestly, should be coming to an end. I find it really hard that they run it back. So then as far as like what they could get, I don't think I think the Sixers may need to understand or they they're may they're gonna realize this soon that they don't have leverage like in a trade for Ben Simmons. And I don't know. I worry if they'll get sufficient value for what they're trying to do. Cause from the Sixers perspective, you know, they have Joel Embiid and he's basically entering his prime. I think he's like 28, 20. I want to say he's like 28 years old or in that range. And, you know, at this point, you know, they're in the win now mode, which is honestly one of the more dangerous. It's not in a necessarily a good state to be in because you want to, you want to win these trades. You want to get all-star players. And I, I just wonder what all-star player would teams be willing to give up? Like, would the Raptors be willing to give up, like, Pascal Siakam for Ben Simmons? Like, I don't know if, like, teams are really, like, that interested in Simmons. I think if the Sixers were thinking about rebuilding and starting, like, starting a rebuild completely, they could get a haul. I definitely think, like, teams like the Kings or the Cavs have a lot to offer. Like, for the Kings, you're looking at, like, three or four first-round picks. Marvin Bagley, who, although has been disappointing, is still number two pick. Like, you can get definitely a lot of value, but I wonder how they're going to get, because they want an all-star. I wonder like who, who that could be. We know CJ McCollum is a name that's thrown around, but um, I don't think, I don't think it really makes either team like as good. And I don't know if Portland's even interested in it. We'll get into Portland a little bit, but for, for Ben Simmons, uh, what would you, what would you do if you were the Sixers? Yeah. I mean, like, I think a team that will take him is a team that sees a fit or see something in him. Um, I, li- I like to look at Milwaukee as a team who had, like, I'm not saying Ben Simmons is Giannis, but, like, the position that Ben Simmons and Giannis play as, like, the air quotes here, like, dunker spot, like, dunker position is kind of, like, the position I would like to play Ben Simmons in rather than, like, you know, uh, uh, you know, more formal point guard position um because obviously he is a unicorn being like a 610 ball handler and he's a solid defender but yeah like you said he's kind of, he was kind of scared he was scared to shoot and was just a non-factor in uh in the hawks series but i mean a team a team like portland i don't i don't know um I think McCollum is probably going to be a no from the Sixers end just because of his age. I think he's like 32 now, something like that. Like he, he, I think he's going to be uh, too old for the Sixers to, to take him. Um, especially with like a large contract that he has. Uh, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard. Um, I mean, Shit, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of teams that would like take him, but yeah, like finding a fit. Um, I mean, I think this weirdly enough, I'm gonna say the Spurs because the Spurs are just looking for an identity at this point. Yeah, and like they they don't know what really like where they're going, and I think if they take a flyer on Simmons, um, and he turns out to be bad they'll have a lottery pick and they'll be picking in top five. And I, I trust them to make a, you know, the right pick in a, for a top five pick, or, you know, if he's good, then, you know, they're 
back competing. Um, obviously, obviously, if he goes to a Western Conference team, that would be that would be tough. And I think Embiid personally is like I think I think Embiid is fed up um, with like the the little amount of help he's getting. So I think he's gonna want a lot, or else he's gonna want out of Philly um, as well. But I don't know. It's 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 really tough to say now. But I think he just definitely needs uh, the right coaching. Like you can't like like you were talking about like uh, players like prospects like going to Orlando would suck for like prospects in terms of like player development. I think that's the same thing with him. Like if he goes to Toronto plays with like Nick nurse or he goes to, you know, Spurs plays with Popovich or, you know, even, even golden state. Like I think he'll fit well there, but if he goes to, yeah, a team like Orlando team, like Chicago or, you know, New York, even the Knicks, like Tom Thibodeau is not that good of a coach like that. Mm-hmm. He will, he would struggle um, getting back to being like where people thought he would be. Um, but yeah, but like going off of Portland, obviously Dame uh, sources have been saying Dame has requested a trade. Um, Dame is one of my favorite players personally, probably one of my two or three favorite players in the league right now. Um, until Cade Cunningham comes, obviously he'll be my favorite player then. But uh, I mean, Philly, people have been hearing that he would go to Philly, and I fucking hate Philly. I, I don't want him to go there. But uh, but I mean, where do you see him fitting in? Because uh, obviously he has he has a large contract as well, and he really he really wanted to put on for Portland. But they just didn't give him any help. McCollum really, I mean, he's a six-two shooting guard. So like, and in the Western Conference, it's just really, it was just really hard for him to flourish in the playoffs. So, what do you think uh, they they do with Dame? And you know, obviously, if that if they trade him, that's going to be the start of a rebuild for Portland. But yeah, what do you think they do there? Yeah, no, I think uh, so. I know Damian, like he's denied, um, or Lillard, rather, he's denied, um, he's denied like uh, reports of him um, requesting a trade, and he said if it's not coming from me, then I didn't do it. But I mean, I think honestly, like it's just gonna happen. It's like a matter. It's kind of a matter of time. Like Portland's kind of, I wouldn't say Portland's hanging on for dear life, but like I feel like they know it's happening. Um, and that's on their GM, uh, Neil O'Shea, for not really making trades or not really, I guess, because I think he believes that this team is better. And I think he wants to run it back with the same team with Chauncey Billups as the head coach, which honestly, let's be real. That's like a first round exit, maybe second round. They reach it. I don't think they're any, they're not a title contender. So as far as like where Dame could go, um, there's a lot of places that I think could use him. Um, I feel like Damon Lillard may be more. Now he's played in Portland for such a long time. I get the sense that he probably wants to play in a bigger market. You know, it's only natural. A lot of players like to do that. They want to play for the Lakers, Knicks, you know, all those teams. Um, I think the Warriors are kind of intriguing. Now, obviously, the fit between Damian Lillard, Curry, and Klay Thompson, Draymond Green is kind of weird. And I don't know. I don't know, like, if one would come off the bench or maybe they would – or not. They would maybe probably run, like, a three lineup where it's, like, 
Curry at the one, Damian two, Clay Thompson at the three. I guess they do something like that, but they do have the assets, I guess, to get it done. Um, Wiseman seven and fourteen. We were just talking about Jeremy Grant, but James Wiseman seven and fourteen is like somewhere, and then maybe you do throw in Andrew Wiggins, and then you throw in a couple other, a couple more first round picks. Maybe that gets Golden State. No, that gets Portland a bite, or maybe a team like the Knicks. Maybe um, if the Knicks, if the Portland Trailblazers could get back like RJ Barrett or Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, some more first, like all the first in the world. If I'm Portland, I'm demanding as many first because this is not like a player that like he's going to be like a Kawhi Leonard in Toronto situation where he's here for a year and then he'll evaluate his options and just leave. Damian Lillard is under a contract. So you're, if when you're trading for him, you're going to get him for at least two to three. I'm, I'm not sure how many years left, but at least two years, you're going to get Damian Lillard. So whoever is kind of willing to give up the first i will admit like the philly fit would be like would be good i don't like philly either uh joe joe Embiid used to clown andre drummond when <laughs> now i don't really like andre drummond that much but you know you know that's just how it is being a pistons fan he, uh, he wasn't on the good side but i guess that fit would be good but then again like what can philly offer portland to their i like, I like tyrese maxi he's an interesting piece but does he get the job done like does Simmons, Maxi, and like some more first round picks, Thibault, I guess, at first round. I don't, I think Portland can get a bigger haul and they may honestly want to trade him to a place that has young talent, like a team, a team like the, I know like this is a terrible, I don't think they would ever do it, but a team like Orlando or something, like they get him, like they can get a haul in terms of like young talent and picks. And like it may not be necessarily in their best interest to trade him to like, a big market team because like if you train to Lakers you're just going to get like Kuzma Kuzma maybe KCP a couple yeah. maybe second round picks Taylor <laughs> Tucker like you're not going to get much value so yeah if I'm Portland I mean it's it's a tr- tricky situation you want to do Dame Damien like Lillard or do you want to do Dame like the right way uh, get him into place he's happy but yeah I think like it's only like the Warriors that can I guess offer value per se so that's yeah, a definitely a tricky situation yeah. for sure. I mean, I mean, Lillard has talked about before about being from Oakland, and I know the Warriors are in San Francisco now, but like I remember, you know, he was from Oakland. He he really like saw how the Warriors put on for like the city that he's from, and you know, he he was like kind of he. I mean, I feel like he he was a little bit jealous and like also at the same time kind of sad like that he couldn't be a part of that but yeah i mean i mean shit shit i haven't even thought of uh like okc has kemba walker like they they definitely uh would dump him and he's he is a true tanking point guard because <laughs> he was not good for boston so like they would be in full tank mode and their both of their contracts are large enough that like it would it would pretty much balance out if they got like you know one of OKC's like other first round picks probably not six but maybe six who knows mm-hmm. um along with Kemba and like some other you know assets and then you have Dame and SGA so like yeah and that that that's kind of a, a solid squad um would you consider yeah. like uh wait here out there would you consider Damien to Toronto like if Toronto traded four and maybe like OG and an OB, maybe Pascal Siakam on would you consider that maybe? Yeah, I would no, I would definitely I would definitely like to see him 
in Toronto. I don't think they give up Siakam just because, mm-hmm. like, yeah. But I mean, maybe it's hard to tell because Toronto had like a, a, they had a bad season. They they underachieved like pretty bad, pretty badly this year. Um, obviously they had like injuries and stuff. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I I don't think see them trading Siakam, but I can see them trading like Van Vliet, um, someone like that, along with Ananobi. Um, but yeah, but I want to, I want to talk about this, uh, before we, we wrap it up, but, uh, there was a rumor or like a trade, uh, proposed, like a mock trade proposal or something that Boston is interested in Bradley Beal. Mm-hmm. And there was an offer for J- Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal. Just, I think it, I don't know if it was straight up, but it was, it was something like that where would you give up Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal? Obviously Brown like was an all-star this year and has, you know, he's been, he's been, uh, become a lot better, um, in Boston, uh, year by year. But I mean, would you give him up for Bradley Beal? I mean, Bradley Beal was like the leading scorer in the league, but I don't know who, what do you think? So like, I think for like, from the wizards perspective, I think, Yes, I would give up Bradley Beal for Jalen. So the idea, I guess, is that um, I think Jalen Brown's a, a little bit younger than Bradley Beal. I don't know his exact age, but I know Bradley Beal is definitely there. If he was born, if he was in the 2012 draft, he's definitely probably pushing 30. And I think Jalen yeah. Brown is like 16. So there's definitely a difference there. I don't know how much that makes the Celtics better, I guess. So Jason Tatum and Bradley Beal are I think they are friends from like Missouri and stuff. So maybe they have like some dynamic there, but like you wonder like on the defensive end, like how does that, how does that work? Cause Brown, Jalen Brown, like one of those values he provides is his defense. So that's kind of interesting. I don't, I don't know. I think, uh, I think Washington, Washington could maybe get more value in terms of their re cause if I'm Washington and I'm like being like honest with their, with their future and their like direction, it's just like, where are we going? So if they do trade for Jalen Brown, for example, like, first of all, they're like wasting Jalen Brown's career. Cause it's not like the wizards are going to win a title. They don't have like a, they don't have like a team. And then, um, I don't know. Like, it just seems like the wizards are kind of in this, like, I want to say mediocre, but this purgatory of just chasing the eight seed. So on my perspective, they should blow it up and just get as many picks as they can for Westbrook and, and and Bradley Beal and then develop like uh Roy Hachimura and then Denny and all those guys, but and Thomas Bryant maybe. But if I'm Boston, like eh, and I would I would consider I would consider it. Um I think what they should do is they should run back Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum for one. I know Jalen Brown got injured this past year. And I think they should maybe run it back until like the trade deadline. And then if it's not working and then work out a trade for Bradley Beal. But yeah, no, what what was your first reaction when you first saw that? You know, I at first I was like, yeah, you should totally do this. Like Brad, Bradley Beal along with Tatum would be like, you know, that's that's a big duo. But on, on second glance, you think about you look at the rest of Boston's roster besides Jalen Brown and Tatum, and it blows. It sucks. Like the, they're playing like, uh, what's his name? Like Ronald Will or. or 
whatever somebody Williams the third I forgot his name and like Marcus Smart is not what he was. I mean, they just took they just took a bunch of flyers because they got a ton of picks out of that um, KG Paul Pierce trade from Brooklyn, and they kind of just like obviously they got Tatum and uh, Jalen Brown out of it, but they they also pissed a lot away like they just took some random ass dudes with all those picks. And when they could have just taken like best player available, like Romeo Langford, like he's just, he's yeah. a nobody now. And like, they just, they, they just kind of messed around. And I think Danny Ainge is just, he's just not a good GM um, in terms of that. And I think that's why uh, they hired Brad Stevens to be the GM is because I think he's a, a lot better talent evaluator. I don't know what he'll do, but I think if they get traded Jalen Brown for Bradley Beal, they'd be giving up more than just Jalen Brown, and they don't really have that much already. So, yeah, yeah, like one last, yeah. One last note on like the Celtics, just like with Danny Ainge, like he made like the trade of the century. I think that trade is as one sided as it gets, and you know if oh, you yeah. look at the players, it like. You know, it got them Jason Tatum. I think Colin Sexton. It got them the Jalen Brown. Like, it got them some really nice players. But, like, I don't think you can forgive Ainge for not trading those for a star. I know Anthony Davis was an option, but they didn't want to give up Jalen Brown. They, Paul George was an option, but they didn't want to give up another pick. Like, that, like, mismanagement of picks. And they they had a window. And they still do have a window. But, like you said, like, now it's just, like, it's they're in an awkward state. And, Brad Stevens, like you said, it's interesting. He's never been a GM. He's never been G- GM, so it's gonna. It's an interesting thing. But man, they really had. They had an op- the opportunity to win the title. Like they could have made this a big trade, and AD may have been a Celtic. I know his dad now hates the Celtics, but AD could have actually been on the Celtics. And here we are now. I don't know. Like I guess, I guess they have to build around Tatum and Brown or Tatum and Beal. It's but it's gonna be kind of tough. You know, I feel like they're really lacking yeah. a star. I, I do also want to point out and go off that and say that Brooklyn is probably closer to a championship now yeah, than exactly. Boston has ever been, even mm-hmm. after that trade. Like that was Brooklyn got fleeced so badly. And now at now at this point, like they're closer to a championship. Like they they might win a championship next year and Boston won't win one. And they they recovered from that shitty of a trade like that that uh that quickly but yeah um so any final remarks anything else to add add on before we head out uh no i'm just really excited you know thursday's the big day hopefully the pistons you know end up with kate and hopefully we see some trades i'm excited to talk about it future and yeah no the off season's here um shoot college football is restarting up so you know we're we're on that but yeah it's a it's a it's a good time for a brief period before like you know sports goes dead for a little bit but yeah it's it's exciting it's an exciting time of the year for sure yeah for sure all right um yeah so i guess we'll see all you guys um after draft night and we'll go over uh what the pistons did and some things that stuck out and what teams won draft night and what teams didn't. All right. Well, (laughs) thanks for listening. Peace.